Thanks for listening to GovIT. Before we get into our latest episode, TLT is a special message for our state and local government listeners. Without a doubt, we live in uncertain times and making wise choices in building your IT roadmap is more important than ever. What is certain is that most state, local, and higher education budgets expire on June 30. DLT and our channel partners can help you source and procure IT solutions for the challenges of today and tomorrow, including cybersecurity, hybrid work, IT modernization, and more. Visit solutions.dlt.com SFYE to learn more. That's solutions.dlt.com SFYE. Now on to the latest episode of GovIT. Welcome to GovIT, a monthly podcast series from DLT, where we discuss the next generation of public sector IT solutions with the technology innovators driving the change. I'm your host, Tom Temin. Each month, we explore a different technology, what it is, and how it can help public sector organizations achieve their modernization goals and accomplish their missions. This week, we're sitting down with Tony Holmes. Tony is the practice lead for solutions architects at Pluralsight. Our topic is technologies the public sector can use to address competency challenges, satisfy training requirements, and develop a highly skilled workforce with the most up-to-date technical capabilities. Tony, good to have you with us. Thank you. It's good to be here. And let's begin with the state CIO survey done by the NASIO organization. They're saying that the COVID-19 has negatively impacted the competencies required to meet future state IT needs. And so what's the answer to that? How can we get around that one? It's a good question. Um, but I think I think also it's a loaded question as well. So one of the things that people, that humans like, is they like predictability. So people look at the world with this kind of linear view. They like predictability because it makes us feel comfortable. It makes us feel good that we think we can predict the way that things are going. But the truth of it is, that with the speed of innovation at the moment, as I'm sure you're aware, if you think about it, we've seen more innovation in the last hundred years than we have in the previous thousand. And futurists like Ray Kurzweil are indicating that um, the the speed of change is just going to increase exponentially. So even as we've seen it so far, it's not going to be linear. So I think the first question is try and understand what skills we need in the future. At the moment, we're hiring for jobs today. A large amount of those may not even exist in three years, and there may be new jobs that we haven't even thought about. So I think the question on how to answer that is we need to start looking at doing things like building a culture of learning where people can be more adaptable and we can literally be ready for anything, be prepared to be able to pivot to the next disaster, whatever that is, when the next COVID hits. We've got people with a broad variety of problem-solving skills and technical skills that we can bring to bear and move in a very much more much more fluid and agile way. But in some ways, then you've got to predict where technology will be going because to have the skills in those technologies that will be needed to meet those future challenges, that's kind of a subset of the predictive analysis you almost have to do. It is. But if you, th- if you think about it, what generally happens with technology is we tend to see it evolving in terms of combinations of existing technologies. So let me just take one step back here for a second, okay? We've always had developers. We've always had security folks, or maybe not always had security folks. Our sysadmins used to be security folks. but And we've always had operations folks. But then we've got DevOps, and now we've got DevSecOps. So we've got all of these these crossovers in technologies. If you've got security folk that were studying AI in their spare time, you know, that's serving you well right now, even though we didn't know it was coming, or maybe we did, 
we've now got a lot of uh, a lot of cyber security operations are being done with artificial intelligence tools that we're starting to see now so i think i think a part of it is is that we've taken specialization and we've kind of put it on a pedestal but when we specialize too highly when we start recruiting for extreme specialists what we have is we we tend to introduce something called the einstein effect and what that does is that encourages people to make decisions and solve problems based on an existing subset of knowledge in, in preference over looking in broader domains for the answer to those problems. So I guess to bring that all together, the situation that we have is if we can bring breadth to bear on the problem as, as much as we do with specialization, we can flip, we can adapt to changing situations. All right. And getting sort of down to the ground level then, nevertheless, training, development, education is going to be something that agencies will have to do with their own people. So how can they create a programmatic approach to skills development to make sure they have the people and the skills and the advancements they're going to need? Right. I suppose the the way to do it is, is again, I, I mentioned earlier on, is to build a culture of learning. And, you know, what is a culture of learning beyond, um, you know, buzzword bingo, because we hear it thrown around a lot. So to put it simply, uh, a culture of learning is an environment that encourages, supports and recognizes learning and knowledge as the lifeblood of both personal and organizational growth. It has a part of an organization's mission focus and they understand how it impacts. So it's, it's commonly known that or commonly known, it's been researched that organizations that have implemented a learning culture have seen an increase as much as five times in their productivity and overall uh, improvement uh, across an entire organization. It has huge impacts. So my answer would be to just start looking into building a culture of learning. And in order to be able to do that, you also need to be able to have access to the right metrics. So obviously, one of the things that we do as Pluralsight is we bring a lot of learning ad- analytics to a solution. We bring the ability for organizations and leaders to have insight into where their skill gaps are. So it's not just enough to know that artificial intelligence is going to be popular in cybersecurity and we need to get ahead of that. Artificial intelligence is going to be making its way into every part of our technology. So the question is, is how much artificial intelligence knowledge do we have over the organization as a whole? Do we need to expose people? And without the metrics, without the stats, we can't measure that. And we don't know. And we don't have that insight. So that's kind of the second part. So first part is encouraging learning. And that's from the top down. Everybody's responsible for learning. The most, the most successful organizations in learning that we've seen out there have things like the CLO, the chief learning officer. And what they're doing is they're taking an executive level position in learning and putting it at the C-suite with all of the other executives, because it's no good having a CTO that's looking ahead. We need artificial intelligence. We need machine learning. And then having your your learning folks play catch up all the time. You know, months later, the, the edict comes down from on high, and now we have to play catch up in terms of skills. So a lot of organizations are implementing chief learning officers and, and giving learning the visibility in the place it belongs at the C-suites. And we'll play a little bit of buzzword bingo that you mentioned earlier to support all of this. What types of technologies, methodologies, frameworks, tools, skill sets do you think agencies ought to be investing in right now to support this dual-phased approach that you described? Yeah. So the first thing we have to accept is we have to accept that people require multiple different learning methodologies. So obviously, Pluralsight is very well known for its online learning. But also, there's a very strong component of that 
that that we're continuing to build, which is the hands-on learning, the actual doing. Okay, I can read how to do something a hundred times, but I can read how to ride a bicycle, but until I actually do it, I can't do it. Okay, so there's an element of that. There's also um, the the assessment method to understand: Do I understand what I thought I understood when I was when I was doing that? And again, all of this needs to come back to a way that we can analyze the output. We can understand: Are people learning from this? Are these effective methodologies that are helping us grow? In terms of the actual technology, that really changes on a day to day basis. So, Pluralsight on our website, we we advertise our skills tech index. And what we do is we track millions of metrics across a variety of sources to help us understand and to help our customers understand which skills are rising to the top at the moment, which skills are most in demand, which skills are we seeing emerging that that we hadn't seen before, and things like that. And that's publicly available, and that's a huge source of information. And um, but obviously, as a learning organisation, we use all of this data to drive. The next kind of generation of courses that people are going to need. So I, I guess to sum that up, the actual technologies that people need are going to be different in every organisation, in every vertical, in every private or public enterprise. It depends. The state of Utah might need something entirely different from the from the state of Washington. The point is, is if you know what's coming and your partners like us are already ahead of the curve. Whatever it is that you need, we can get there just in time for you to help you address that challenge. And by the way, what does learning look like today in a contemporary agency? Is it an online course? Is it reading from a book? Is it a combination of in person and online? What does it look like these days? So I'm <laughs> okay. So I'm I'm a big fan of the concept of the expert generalist or the modern day Renaissance person. So I believe that learning looks like everything. I mean, every time we do a task, we're bringing all of ourselves to it. You know, we could have some background in some random places that one day will help us solve a problem, something like that. But to answer your question, even even by answering that question, twelve months ago, before COVID hit, it looked entirely different to how it does today. So obviously, after COVID, in a post-COVID world, people have shifted a lot of their learning online, and they've had to. The in-person, the ILT, just simply hasn't been there. So obviously, in response to that, Pluralsight has our VILT, where we can create bespoke courses that are a kind of hybrid, if you like, between the assessment and analytics that come from using our platform. So we still, even with our VILT, meet the learners at their own level and help them create a path to mastery. Okay, and obviously we have the online training as well. The fact that we have seven thousand courses as well means that people get to study broadly. One of the first things as a technologist that I ask when I go to an organisation, and this is a huge part of the culture of learning, is how are you going to invest in me as a person? Because the smarter I get, the more economical, the better your organisation gets. Because I can do my job more efficiently, more proficiently, and your bottom line or your your spending of taxpayers' dollars becomes much more efficient. So so that's 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 a really important thing for me is is to make sure that you've got all of the all of the roads open to you. But I don't think that there is kind of any real hard boundaries around this. We need people that embrace learning. We need people that are happy to learn, and we need to make it a part of our work. It's so many places, especially in government, where organisations will sit there and they'll say. You've done your job. Now spend an hour and go off and do some training. No training with technologists. Training is a part of who we are. It's a part of our jobs, and that includes doing on-the-job training. But really, you need to kind of get out of this attitude of 
we've got this opportunity to send you on two two ILT courses this year. Pick a course out of all of these different disciplines that you need to learn. You need to pick two of them. And that's what you're going to get training in this year. And that's that model no longer scales in the in the uncertain or the fast pacing technology times that we're working within. And looking at this from a human capital standpoint, should CIOs regularly assess their staffs, looking at who's retiring, who's up and coming, and get some kind of a sense of the skills that they have against the model of the skills they think they'll need? And how do you go about that to have that continuous assessment going on? Right. That's a real key. So, I mean, obviously there's a human capital problem in the fact that, and we see it every day in the news, cloud, we're going to be 3 million people short of cloud by the end of the year. There's going to be that many unfilled jobs. We're going to have 500,000 unfilled cybersecurity jobs because the people aren't out there. One of the problems that we have, and we see it all the time, is we have recruiters and we have HR departments saying, well, we need to hire for cybersecurity. We need this skill and that skill. And you end up with a laundry list of 20 skills. And what you end up doing is you're not actually looking to find people that can do the job or find people that can be gainfully employed to be successful in what they do. What you're doing is you're creating a list to exclude most of the populace. Okay. And you end up with like two or three Goldilocks candidates. And guess what? Morgan Stanley's going to hire them before you do it twice the money. So we create a problem for ourselves. So we kind of have to step back and say, if what we're doing right now doesn't work, how can we change that? Okay. And the answer to that is you do things like you make roles, for example. So our platform has this concept of roles where you can train for a specific role, make all of those roles available to everybody in the organization. You might have someone in a mail room that spends half their time on computers in the evening, programming, coding, whatever. And they look at this and they say, now I've got an opportunity. Now I can train. Now I can come up. But we don't. We exclude those people. Must have five years in cybersecurity. When, when, as a sysadmin, when, when I got told, hey, here's a new hat for you, it's the cybersecurity guy's hat because cybersecurity is a thing now, all of a sudden, I'm, you know, there, there was nobody to say, well, you must have five years of cybersecurity. It wasn't there. Okay. What we need is we need the ability to find people and recruit people that can learn, have a passion for learning and that have that flexibility. One of the phrases I like to use is how do you hire an astronaut? Because you can't say must have five years previous experience on ISS because they're just not out there. How do you hire a, an IC operative? Must have three years behind enemy lines experience in the Cold War, own weapon helpful, but not necessary. You can't do these things. So what you have to do is you have to grow them organically. And the government's have more experience doing this than anybody. They're better placed than anybody else to do this. And that's the phenomenal thing about this is what we need to be doing is we need to be training people that love to learn. The specialities are great, but they don't solve the problems all the time. Tony Holmes is practice lead for solutions architects at Pluralsight. Thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. For more on how Pluralsight and DLT are helping government organizations maximize the abilities of their workforce, visit dlt.com. You've been listening to GovIT from DLT. We'll be back next month with more. I'm Tom Temin. More. I'm Tom Temin. More.